Hello and welcome to GlitchCube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody as we dive further into the world of games. And this week we are going to be talking about RPGs. That's right, I said RPGs and just RPGs. <laughs> now, there's uh, been some interesting controversy happening around that term, and there's been a lot of evolution and growth in the field of RPGs or in that genre itself. So we're going to be chatting about that and maybe discussing a little bit as well um, of a past episode that we did and kind of apologizing for some of the terminology we used because it's, it is blatantly clear that, you know, that might have been the wrong way to portray a genre. For instance but before we dive too far into it i want to talk about a new game that's coming out that just looks fantastic and it's the one that actually sparked all of the controversy that's happening in the gaming world it is final fantasy 16. oh my god this game looks so good <laughs> like i'm a final fantasy fanboy like i love almost every single one almost every single one but <laughs> I, you know, the third, or was it 10 twos and whatever? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> hey, 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 10 two was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, sure. With your dress spheres and all that. My dress spheres, man. Yeah. Your favorite was pain, wasn't it? Was, of course. I could tell. Yeah, we know. We know. You gotta go with that mohawk and the biker look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. It's, it's ridiculous that I remember that character's name, but yeah. <laughs> but no, Final Fantasy 16 looks amazing like truly amazing and it has so much action it's a real departure from the series for or at least that's what a lot of people are saying but when you really look at it is this really that far out of a difference from some of their more recent titles because it really does look like this is the direction that final fantasy has been going in for quite a while now right we saw a lot of changes with uh, starting with 12 and then the MMOs and then with uh, 14, right? Like, or no, 15, uh, that there was some big changes with the combat there. Like there's, there's been a lot of growth with the series and it just kind of makes sense, right? Like Final Fantasy has been around for so long that there has to be some adjustments to it. But there are people out there that do not like these changes. They want their classic game back. And I don't know, I, I'm... I'm looking at this and I'm excited to play it. Like, I want to just be in this world. I want to become Ifrit and just rip apart other Eidolons and summons, right? Like, it just seems so rad to me and so much fun. Like, the, the scale of this game looks pretty insane, honestly. Uh, but how are you feeling about it? What's your, what's your take? Because I know that we both love these classic turn-based games and we both love Final Fantasy. So what's your take on this new change? I'm I'm ready for it. You know, um as much as I love turn-based games, I feel like a lot of modern turn-based RPGs have been I don't want to say hit or miss for me. Uh like I really like Chain Echoes a lot and I feel like for some weird reason turn-based RPGs just feel better when they're 2D. Mm -hmm. in a weird way like i don't know sometimes it feels weird 3d i don't know what it is i mean i do enjoy them as well but it just maybe it's the nostalgia but seeing this game become more like a action rpg i'm i'm ready for it you know i feel like 
after the past Final Fantasy games that have come out in recent times, I think this was maybe the path they wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when you look at 15 and the 7 remake, they were basically ways to make turn-based battles more engaging which I think remake as much as it kind of annoyed me at times I feel like it maybe was the best representation of that style mm. like a evolution but with this game being more just like hack and slash I'm kind of excited for it you know I if there's one thing I always loved about Final Fantasies throughout the years is that they were always trying to do something different with every game, right? Like, think about, you know, like, I'm going more so of the 3D Final Fantasies with this, because uh, that's where you see the biggest changes. But, well, I guess you could say with 5, you know, the job class system. Yeah, you know, that was huge. Go, that changed everything. I mean, look at how many games have followed that job class system because mm-hmm. of that, right? Like, I mean... Octopath Traveler would not be what it is without a job class system. Like yep. that's that's everything. And honestly, the second one is freaking phenomenal. Like everyone needs to be playing that game if you're a turn-based fan. <laughs> so good. Oh gosh. And then you know you go to seven, which I think I'm trying to think what's I because the active time battle was already in them before that, but. It was seven, obviously, you know, it was the jump to 3D. So, of course, it was different. You know, then you go to eight with the draw system. And then you go to nine, which is more so a return to the classic, right? You get your skills from equips. There's a little bit of different changes and stuff, you know. And then you go to 10 and it's like, oh, we can throw our summons out like Pokemon. (laughs) And then, you know, with all there was always something different and new added to it that kind of made it fresh. You go to 12 with the Gambit system, which was, in my opinion, maybe a precursor for taking this into a more active kind of battle, more so than an active time battle mode. I feel like the advertisement for 12 was this game, Final Fantasy 16. The way that it was portrayed and sold to us, because I remember them saying, like, this is not a turn-based game anymore this is your action rpg style right like you're going to be able to fight every which is true to a certain extent but it still had the turn-based mechanics in the background kind of leading the pace of each one of the the fights themselves so it 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 feels like this is what they were trying to advertise but and what they might have wanted to make but it was too much of a departure from the franchise at that time so I feel like 12 is that nice little bridge to get people used to that idea of that kind of free movement there. And then each iteration of Final Fantasy has given us a little bit more and a little bit more leaning towards this style. And 16 is finally just doing it all and just bringing everything that they have. Yeah, like you can see the influences of like the Devil May Cry series. because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. The Devil Bringer? Yeah. Yeah. Hand, yeah. And... Even like when you look at some of the boss fights, you see that kind of more like the raids in Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's like it's it's cool seeing this like merger of all these different styles, different ideas. Like I'm at first when I first heard about it, I had a high interest in it because you know it's Final Fantasy, and then it kind of died off because I'm like, oh, I you know Square Enix has 
not been doing too well recently. You know, like they've been when it comes to like their big budgeted games, right? Or the, these big 3D games. Like obviously, Octopath is great. Mm-hmm. You know, people ended up liking Diofield Chronicle. You know, people like Triangle Strategy. Like a lot of their more offbeat and not as well-known or advertised games have done really well. But then you look at, you know, Forspoken, Babylon's Fall, you know. I mean, Stranger of Paradise, I remember people not liking it at first, but then people actually end up really liking it. Right. I'm actually interested in playing it just because it's more of like a like Neo, which is kind of fascinating too. But with this, like after seeing and hearing it, I'm like, I kind of want it. Like, I, I really want to see what this game is like because it just seems so different. And I'm a big fan of action RPGs. Like, I, it, this reminds me of like the Ease games, but, you know, on steroids, right? Like, it, it, it feels fast paced. It looks good. I'm stoked. Yeah, it's I'm so excited for this. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic title. I'm just curious about leveling, right? I, I feel like this is going to be the first time where you don't have to go out and grind levels and run around in circles like <laughs> doing everything else, right? Or it's like, mm-hmm. oh, God, I need to like two more levels before this boss. Let me hang out by the save point and just run around in circles for 20 minutes <laughs> and see how many random encounters I can get. Can't tell you how many times I did that in Final Fantasy 10. Jesus. <laughs> but you know it, it's i'm very curious to see the the pacing of this because it feels more cinematic it feels more like god of war devil may cry where you're going to be running through these things the the leveling isn't going to be the primary focus it doesn't feel that way right like they, i don't think there's going to be that kind of grind in this one it'll probably be where it's like it's there but it's like not like you wouldn't feel too far behind unless you just gunned it through the main story because a lot of games that have this kind of gameplay style it always feels like you're just kind of the right level right even if you don't grind like i'm thinking about the ease games and i'm like oh well i was felt like i was the right level for things you know maybe towards the end you have to grind a little bit but with these i think that's also kind of the reason why people are starting to prefer mm-hmm these kinds of games because you don't have to grind. Yeah, it's not a major time suck. It's not like a hundred hour game, right? Yeah, it's it's probably going to be like a thirty hour game, which is short for Final Fantasy. Thirty hours is very short for a Final Fantasy title. So, but regardless, I think it's going to be fantastic. So, but the with this release of this, and not just the fact that, like, I mean, it, obviously this game has caught a lot of attention because of the change in style. The fact that it's more action backed and just the visuals alone have gotten people very, very excited. But there have been a couple interviews recently that have sparked attention as well. And one of them was from the director and producer of Final Fantasy 16, uh, Naoki Yoshida. And he says something very interesting. And it really it sparked a massive conversation and one that. I mean, it made us think, too, right, where where we instantly thought back like, oh, crap, we did an episode using those terms and comparing them. And now like thinking that really is that probably is not the right way of of discussing these type of games. But 
Uh, Yoshida's comment was that this is going to depend on who you ask, but there are or there was a time when this term first appeared 15 years ago. And for us as developers, the first time we heard it, it was a, disc- a discriminatory term, um, as though we were being made fun of for creating these games. And so for some developers, the term JRPG can be something that will maybe trigger bad feelings because of what it was in the past. So what Yoshida is saying here is that actually using the term JRPG, which is synonymous of this style, right? Like how many times have we said that every time we talk about a Final Fantasy, a Dragon Quest, Chrono Trigger, right? Like we always have used that term JRPG. And we even did a whole episode comparing JRPGs and Western RPGs. And, you know, he brings up a really great point that this is a discriminatory discriminatory term. And while it's not obvious that it is, he brings up the idea of uh, 15 years ago, right? And for everyone, we're probably thinking like, well, that I remember hearing that term long before then. I've always been a fan of JRPGs my whole life, right? So it's been longer than 15 years. But 15 years ago was kind of a dry spell for RPGs from Japan. And because of that, there was some interesting like backlash and interesting terms used. It was was pretty bad, actually. So a lot of Western RPGs were gaining traction. They were doing very well. And a lot of people were falling off of the ones or bouncing off the ones that came out of Japan. So developers use it as a way to separate themselves from games made in Japan. And they wanted to really express the fact that this is not a Japanese game. So it's going to be good, right? That that was kind of like the idea behind it. And it's kind of messed up, actually, right? Like, sure. I mean, every genre and every company has a couple flops. Right? Like not every game is going to be a huge blockbuster hit. And the, the consoles at that time just did not have a really, really strong showing of games. There was some good ones, not going to lie, around 15 years ago. It's around like 2008-ish era. But the a lot of them were like kind of, I mean, anime fan service games. Right? Like that, that was a, there's a big like resurgence of that like that's when a lot of these games really started coming out and it became kind of a joke honestly but then again you have some other great titles like you know Nino Kuni was fantastic Persona is great you know that always a good game uh Resonance of Fate right like there's some good titles out there that were kind of buried in the weeds unfortunately But that's really when we start seeing this term being used as a negative way to describe a video game. Yeah, it's, I feel like it it never dawned on me back then that a lot of like magazines, shows and stuff on the subject always kind of bagged on them unless it was a person that was really passionate about them, which usually there was always one reviewer that was passionate um, in a few magazines. But I remember as a kid, I was always reading gaming magazines, right? Like that was obviously the way to get your game news unless you watched it on TV. But I, I was one of the few that didn't, well, not few, but I didn't watch like G4 and stuff a lot when I was younger. I always so, wanted G4, but we never had 
the paid channels for that. It was so it, it was so expensive. It was yeah, like it. I I fell fine with magazines, so I was always like, oh, I'm gonna read this. And like when it was someone that didn't appreciate games like that, it was just always bad reviews, right? Always doing it, and I I could see why you know they would take that to heart mm-hmm. because people would use you know that term for oh this is you know they're all the same blah 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 all of this and it's like you know well we in the still 90s, hear that today right you I, do i feel like i feel like it started then and it's never died off so like every single turn-based rpg oh it's the same it's all the same it's like well what about all your running your shooter games right all first person mm-hmm. shooters are the same how about that right like it's it's a dumb argument and it doesn't really say anything about it. It just means that you don't know what the game's actually about. Right. So, mm-hmm. but I feel like now really looking back at it, I, I feel like this is whenever people really started fighting for that and really claiming that and saying, Oh, you're a final fantasy fan. Pff, boring. They're all the same. Right. And I, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, yeah, it's weird. I think it was like right at the end of high school, whenever people started really bashing them. It, yeah, because I mean, you have to think the '90s, like it. That's when it was in full bloom, right? Like PlayStation One era, Saturn era. Then you go to PS2. Like both generations had such strong output for role playing games, just in general. And I mean, when you look at RPGs, like overall, even the PC during that era had a lot of strong contenders. You go to the 2000s and like the early 2000s, like, yeah, we still saw some just because of the PlayStation 2 era. But once you get to that PlayStation 3, 360, it's it narrows down. And while there were some strong RPGs that came out around that time, you know, the focus shifted a lot more to Western developers because it was kind of when a lot of those old rough ideas kind of turned into something more grand. You know, you look at, say, with Elder Scrolls, right? Before Oblivion, Daggerfall, like, while it's a monument, when you think of the, you know, the game with the biggest map still to this date, mostly because it's, the the map is static, but the experience of you walking around is kind of randomly generated, but still, it's it's a huge map. Mm-hmm. So when you went to Oblivion, it's like, whoa, this is crazy. And then, you know, not long after that, you have Mass Effect, you have Dragon Age, like you're seeing this, this growth outside of Japan in the RPG element, which, you know, when you, and this is for console, right? Like, obviously, computer RPGs, you know, they, they've been around forever since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And... But people started noticing, oh, there's different kinds of RPGs. Like, you know, there were RPGs developed out here, like in the Americas and Europe and stuff, you know, in the 90s. But it was very rare. You know, a lot of it, it was something that a lot of people didn't tread the waters on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the 360 area, we really see that shift. And, you know, while there were a lot of good Japanese RPGs that came out in that time a lot of them did have that 
like I said, fan service or it was very heavy on the the anime style, which was kind of different from, you know, what we experienced, you know, years before. Mm-hmm. Right. You kind of lose your dark tones, your 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 more like depressing setting and you go more to like this like bright cheery setting it's different and i think around this time too we start seeing so many other genres being born that a lot of people one started losing interest especially in turn-based right like usually when people think of a japanese role-playing game they think Mm turn-based right they don't they don't think about the action rpgs or the turn-based RPG, or not turn-based, but like strategy, right? Like right. tactics style. So, you know, I feel like it wasn't until even a few years ago I noticed people started lumping those two in with that, which, you know, makes more sense because a lot of it came from there. But it, I could see why people would be like, well, you know, they weren't as good as before and blah, 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 and you move on to the next. But we're at the point now where it's like there's such an insane output of games being made constantly that like I feel I don't want to say like the turn-based RPG is dying. I think that it's definitely it's reached its peak and it's it's definitely not at a plateau. I think it definitely is kind of going downwards. You know, unless it's like, you know, you look at Chain Echoes, right? It mm-hmm. it came out at a really bad time. I feel like it came out, you know, right at the end of the year. So a lot of people just went under their radar, you know, either because of Christmas or because, you know, it was after the award ceremony. So just no one really heard about it. But it was really good. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. And, you know, it. It's sad that a lot of these turn-based RPGs like are really cool, but either people have given up on them because they are slow, or it's just people rather have that action. You know, people want to stay engaged, and I can get that. You know, there's been times recently that the turn-based games are just not too slow for me, but they're just uninteresting. Like, I look at Persona Five. I got very far in that game. And I still want to go back and finish it because I am pretty close, but I tried to get into it recently. I'm like, it just, it almost felt too slow Mm. for me. And it's, I, I never thought I would say this because I was always a fan of the slower paced RPG, but I'm starting to enjoy this more action focused a lot. You know, I see it with like, say, Tales of Arise. It, I think they did a really, obviously, the Tales games were always kind of in that more action style, but I thought that game did it really well. You know, a lot of these games are starting to evolve. And I think with Final Fantasy, we're going to start seeing that evolution while Square Enix keeps the traditional. RPG to the Dragon Quest series. And that, that's what I think, right? I don't think we're going to see an action RPG of Dragon Quest because that would just be completely different, especially for a mainline, you know? So it's like... I think the fan base is different too. Yeah. People, I mean, 
I, I I was a big fan of the Dragon Quest games. Don't get me wrong. I love them. Seven is still one of my most favorite games. A lot of times those games, like, they don't feel the same, but they, like, it... There's not much new being in, in attitude. It's more so, like, this is my comfort food. I'm going to go to it. You know, well, I know what to same, expect. Same art, same artist the whole mm-hmm. time, right? Like, it's it's never really changed that much. And you got to think about the fan base for Final Fantasy is massive. Because yeah. Final Fantasy is recognizable across so many different types of games nowadays. Like, we, mm-hmm. we have the MMOs, right? Like, it's a huge game there. We have the turn-based fans. We have the uh, like the fans of just the movie franchises and then the new players that are finding out about like Cloud and Sephiroth through Smash Brothers even like they're mm-hmm. they have a wide range of people who are interested in Final Fantasy where it needs to be constantly evolving to catch all of them. And even the one of the designers in for Final Fantasy 16 mentioned that it's not turn-based because they are trying to target a younger audience. So they're they're very much aware of the fact that Final Fantasy is transcendent, right? It's it's one franchise that is for every single age because they have so many different titles and so many different ways to play this game and to enjoy the franchise itself, right? And everybody has their favorites, everybody has their different starting points. You know, our starting points were with the turn-based combat. So we're always going to be partial to that. And I think that shows in the games that we play and the games that we really enjoy. And I will say, I'm a huge fan of turn-based combat. I I love it because I love chess. I love strategy. I love those kind of ideas. But there are certain times in games, especially turn-based games, where you find a pattern and you rinse and repeat over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. So... There is one mechanic in the last couple turn-based games that I played that I'm actually really enjoying that they put in, and it's the speed-up mechanic. Mm-hmm. So it, it really does help. Like, I have Octopath, the battle speed, set to times two, and that definitely does help it out. It feels more action-packed because the animations in Octopath are absolutely gorgeous. But when you play it on regular speed, it doesn't feel like the attacks have as much weight at that slower speed. It just feels different. Hmm. It feels funny for some reason. So I, I think like at the faster speed, because of how many random battles there are, it does make it less of a crawl, right? And I will say turn-based combat is slow. Turn-based games are very slow. And to get from one story beat to the next does take quite a while because you might have 10 random encounters in between then. And most of the time, random encounter fights are, they take a little bit, right? Because you're waiting for timers or your turn or whatever it may be. Like these things do take time. It is what it is. So it, it just really dependent on, I think, when you game came into the franchise itself and to what style you prefer. Uh, but I know that like, me and you, we pro- we started with turn-based stuff, but we were we were still younger or young enough whenever games like Final Fantasy XII first got released that this new action style was something fresh and exciting to kind of enjoy. So I think we are at that like middle ground where we can go either way. If Final Fantasy XVI was purely turn-based, we'd probably still love it, right? 
And the fact that it's action, it just seems cool and exciting still, right? Something different. Let's try it. So it's it's a very interesting period that we're at, or at least with us being at our current ages, right? And so it's and it's nice to see them actually targeting a younger audience. I know a lot of gamers don't like that aspect, but Final Fantasy has been around for so damn long. And it's trying to make sure that it's here to stay. It's not going mm-hmm. anywhere. So of course it's going to target a younger audience. Of course it's going to show that it's evolving and changing, right? And one huge thing that Final Fantasy does is that it always takes advantage of the game engine itself and pushes it to the limit, right? That's what Final Fantasy has been known for. That's the whole thing. Like every single Final Fantasy game has been known to push the graphics further and further and further. So of course this is gonna this is not just now pushing graphics. This is now pushing gameplay too. Like I feel like this is their next evolution is that they're going to be the front runners. The they're they want to be the ones to be mimicked again. Because as you said, there's a lot of things that we see in these trailers of Final Fantasy 16 where you see references and nods to other games. Like the Devil Bringer and Devil May Cry, right? Like that's very much taken directly from that. Like it's pretty blatantly obvious. It's the left hand, boom, goes out, grabs the enemy, pulls him closer. You can use it as a grab. Like it's all there. And it looks kind of like the same thing too, right? But I think it's supposed to be like Ifrit's hand. But, you know, I think that they're trying to position themselves back in a spot in which they are the ones that are breaking the, like, not just the graphical barriers, but the gameplay barriers now too. And they want to be copied again. So it just kind of makes sense that they're, they're evolving at, like this well another thing too well real quick i remember when final fantasy 12 came out and i actually hated the combat because i didn't get it i thought it was so weird especially after 10 you know 10 was so Mm -hmm. slow paced but in a good way that i was like what is this gambit crap you know like i was like i was like what's going on with this and I, i remember playing quite a bit of it but i just fell off of it because i was like oh this is really weird but um, I like what you said about, you know, them trying to attract the youth. And yeah, we do grumble about that a lot. But think about this. Seven did that when it came out. Yeah. Right. It, it brought in a bunch of, you know, us or maybe a little bit older than us into that whole genre. Maybe people that weren't interested in it at all were like, wow, this game looks amazing. This game's cool. You know, it's different. It's, you know a little faster paced than a regular turn base because it's active time battle. It's tricking you, you Mm -hmm. know, but this game, I feel like I'm not putting this up there with seven as like, Oh, this is going to be the next game changer, but it might be, but we don't know. I, I think it'll at least pull in people that maybe weren't interested Mm -hmm. in stuff before. I also feel like final fantasy has been around so long that, and they have a game for every kind of play style now that I'm like, if you haven't gone into the series by now, it's kind of weird that, like, I right, it'd be a weird place to start. But I get it, and they even have a battle royale. Come on, <laughs> oh, that shit got it, that shit closed. Oh, did it? Oh, that's funny. I haven't kept up yeah. with it because I was like, this is silly. <laughs> I I had heard that they were shutting it down. I think it might be fully shut down now. But yeah, because it just, I mean, it's obvious. Like, is 
of all things, you know, like I figure like there doesn't Final Fantasy have like multiple like gatches. E- yeah, I remember those like Brave Enzius or whatever. And then there was like some other one. But. um, Yeah, I'm curious, you know, there's so much is going on with Square Enix that it's like fascinating to see. It's always interesting to see what's going to happen in their game because you just don't know anymore, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when you think back to Squaresoft, it was almost always a hit. Early Square Enix, it was usually a hit. And then as time went on, it just was very hit or miss. And it's almost like when you get a hit after all these misses, it's like, oh my God, it's crazy. But really, when you think about it, like it's kind of a bummer that they're not as strong as they used to be. Mm-hmm. but I also feel because just the intention is just pushed everywhere. Like look how many games come out by them. Like, yeah, fairly often. Like when you were, you brought up in one of the other episodes about like the card game that they had. I was yeah, like, Oh Voice my God. And then you look, yeah, they have three and of that them came out yeah. around the same time. The triangle strategy, I think, right. It was around that time. I feel like it did. And triangle strategy is huge. So they have a lot of people working on a lot of different styles. And there was a dungeon crawler like they yeah. they pump out these games, which, you know, is it's interesting, you know, to see all that. I mean, them getting rid of their Western studios, I I feel like maybe they can focus on it. But at the same time, I feel like they weren't really focused on their Western studios, right. you know. Uh, but I'm I'm curious to see how well this game does. You know, I, obviously, I hope it does well, but I'm. I'm curious. I'm I'm interested, you know, mm-hmm. how they redeem themselves. Same. I've been curious. I feel like this is a question that could garner many different answers from many different people. But uh, what is your favorite and least favorite mechanic in a rpg in general Mm. that is a great question Uh, so honestly i think my most favorite mechanic in rpgs whether it's turn-based all that right would have to be job classes i Mm. love a job class system if a game has job classes i am in it i love it because I love the variety. I love mixing and matching and seeing what kind of different possibilities can come out. Like it, it's so much fun. And I think the first time that I really fell in love with this was Final Fantasy V. Like it really had such a great job class system that I wish was included more often in the other Final Fantasies. Like if Final Fantasy VII had a job class system, I would have fallen in love with that a lot sooner, <laughs> right? Like. It or mm-hmm. it would hit a lot differently. There, it's it's funny because seven was the first one that I played of the Final Fantasy franchise, and it's interesting because you brought it up that like that one was targeted for your younger audience, and I didn't think about that because most Final Fantasy fans were been playing game their games for over a decade at that point, right? And mm-hmm. we came in at a young age playing and loving that game, so it's kind of funny to bring that up, but. Yeah, job class systems, 100%. I'm, I'm hooked all the way. I mean, that's why I love Octopath so much. Like, it's just so much fun getting lost in that and finding new combinations. And 
when you get to actually mix multiple job classes, like if you can have two and see what kind of cool things synergize and what doesn't work and just find new interesting builds, it's so much fun to do that. And I think nowadays with, you know, the internet and all that, like we can, and people sharing their job combinations and their character combinations, it's actually really cool to see, right? Like you can find some really broken builds. You can find some really interesting ones, ones that are really fun, change the gameplay style completely. So it is a, it's a really cool little mechanic to add in there. But on the flip side of that, well, one mechanic that is prevalent in all, like, (laughs) I would say, tactical RPGs or turn-based RPGs is the party system in which, you know, you have multiple members of your party. And some games will give you just like, you know, maybe six, eight, something like that. Not not a lot to deal with. Other games give you a lot of party members. So there there is like a number where it just kind of makes sense. And with Octopath, obviously, there's eight characters there. But it definitely does one thing that I really kind of find frustrating, but I get why it does it. And I always bugs me or it always bugs me when other uh, RPGs do this with Octopath. It makes sense why it's in there. But when they force you to use a party member that you don't use at all and they are severely under leveled. It's so frustrating sometimes because it can make the easiest fight so hard because they're just not pulling their weight anymore. And for most of those games, you're really dependent on each person's role within your party. Everyone is playing such an important part. And like, you know, you have your healer, you have your attacker, you got your debuffer, your buffer, your mage, right? Like there, everyone has a place there. And then when you're forced to kind of break that synergy, yeah, it can be kind of interesting and it forces you to play a new character and maybe change your play style a little bit. But for the most part, I feel like it kind of breaks the strategy that you've probably been building for 30 plus hours and just makes it kind of uh, just for like a minor frustration there. But I don't know. It's it's never been a turnoff to the point where I stopped playing the games. Because no games really abuse it that much. It's usually for like a mission or two. So it's not too bad. But yeah, it, it is kind of frustrating at times. But what what about you? What's your favorite and least favorite mechanics? So my favorite is kind of tied. Um, class system is definitely uh, one of my favorites. I remember Final Fantasy Tactics. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like I loved it. you know. And then obviously Final Fantasy V and then everything that came after. Uh, but that, I mean, I loved it, you know, I, it's cool because it's, it's, you, your character looks different. Everything just feels official, right? Like you could argue that with say final fantasy seven and stuff that like, Oh, it has a class system. Just, you have to make your own with the material. Like, Oh, I'm going to make Tifa like a mage or something like yeah, that. But which you have a healer, right? Like, they're, yeah, they're like dedicated. It, just, it feels different. Yeah. You know, but so I would say class system. My other favorite is uh, like kind of like what Suikoden does where you can, you know, recruit people for your castle or like re- just creating a base that you can actually see the physical changes to. Mm. Like I, that is like one of my favorite things. I know I bring it up every chance I get in this podcast, and but Chained Echoes did that very well too recently. If you're into that. See, I, I need to get to that point because I, 
I I stopped. I need to really get more into that game because I want to see that. You know, I want to see how much it actually changes. But uh, it's a feature I love, and I feel like it's a feature that you don't really see that much. So when it does pop up, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we are in general starting to see a city slash base building boom in the gaming industry in general. Uh, with everything that's coming out soon. So I'm hoping that maybe those features will be added more into these kind of games again, because uh, I love them so much. Mm-hmm. As for the thing I hate, this is something I've hated since I was a kid, but battles you can't win. Oh, yeah. And it's the kind of battles where you're not, you know, I think Final Fantasy IV had it where there was a fight where you get hit and it does like almost all your health at once. And I was like, okay, that's cool because I'm not wasting my time. Right. But when you have a fight where it's like they're not doing your whole health, you're able to damage them, but you're still supposed to lose. Like it pisses me off because I'm like, I'm wasting all these potions. There wasn't a save right before, so I can't just save scum it and come back. Well, and you don't know. Cause, yeah, you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's like it. Oh, I hated that so much. Like, and it, I feel like that was something that they really abused in a lot of like '90s, maybe early 2000s RPGs. Like, you just you would have those fights, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, why?" Yeah, I feel like you don't see it that often anymore. Without kind of getting an idea like, oh, this is gonna, probably going to be an unwinnable fight. Right. At least make you know? it so that if you attack, you do zero damage. <laughs> like, make it kind yeah. of blatantly obvious that, like, okay, this is uh, unwinnable. But I can kind of see why maybe it was so popular back then. Like, that, you know, back then. It, it feels real. The It does feel real. And the the hero's journey was, like, really big. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, the books with Joseph Campbell's and stuff like that. So they really wanted you to feel the struggle before you became the all-powerful god that you become in RPGs. <laughs> so like it always does feel good to come back from a fight that was quote unquote unwinnable and then completely wreck them, you know, a few hours later. But it it yeah, it is frustrating whenever they don't give you like a heads up or a clear indication that you're not winning this. Like it should even just lock potions so you're not wasting items on that stuff. Yeah. I, I like when they do give you a chance, like, oh, you could kill them and it's just really hard. Like, that is kind of nice when that happens mm-hmm. and it actually does something different. But yeah, it, it's like, at least just make it so you can't do a lot of damage to it. So we just know, you know? Right. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we talked a lot about the evolution of RPGs as they are and maybe a different way to kind of name them and talk about them and just be aware of that kind of stuff. Right. I, I think that in this eight day and age, we need to be more aware of who we may be offending. Right. It's it's definitely I mean, it's easy to offend a lot of people for sure, but maybe just to do some research on where these terms are actually coming from, how they were used in the past, because uh, there's a lot of terminology out there that we use that is derogatory, that's not appropriate and downright offensive for a lot of people, but it's just used in common day, everyday talk, right? So it's just an interesting idea that it's come to the gaming industry as well. And I'm very happy that they brought it 
you know, brought it to our attention and actually spoke out about it and are making us have this conversation. Uh, I think it's very important to do so. But anyway, like I said, that's it for us this week. And we will talk to you guys next week with some more games and history about them and all that good stuff. But until then, bye for now.